highlighting all the local and national stories which impact you. It's like the healthcare bias, right? Where they think black people don't have any feeling and their skin is tougher than other people's and they don't have, you know, they, they really can't feel pain because there's an issue with the, the nerves in their skin. They have a much higher pain tolerance. Or the only time people come in is when they, they want drugs, right? They don't, you know, they don't. It's not real pain. I find that annoying. I find that irritating. Bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. Because I would tell you, I don't want to hear about how people were just trying to get their lives together. They were just turning their lives around. Tired of hearing it. When it comes down to people going to jail and getting sentenced, we can't hear, well, it's too harsh. We can't hear the system is unjust. And we can't hear, I hate the police. Because all those homicide detectives, they speak for the dead. You have to have them. Or else there will be no justice. I say, let's hold the mayor, city council, police chief, and every officer accountable for the crime that's committed and come up with a way to fix it. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. All I want are the books made correct. I think, historically, black people need to be made whole. If you're not going to pay us reparations, if you're not going to give us the money that you owe us based on what was taken from us and our families, the least you can do is get the history right. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking my call. You continue doing your work, man. I appreciate you. I listen to you every day. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth of the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017. Now, y'all be nice to folk. It's okay to argue and have your point, but, you know, you kind of hollered at me and I hollered back. But I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I just need you to hear everything I say. And then, like, complain. don't pick one little part of what I say and then start hammering on it when I when I actually said that there are. Anyway, um... Talking text line says, quote, Ben is contradicting his own words. I don't know. You were saying something like right before the break and then. We had to go to break. We had to go to break. No, my whole thing is this. And I, I, I truly do want the best for our community. And I see the greatness in our community. And I always stress the fact that whenever people say that black people are this or black people are that, it frustrates me because of the fact that we allow the 25% to paint the picture for the rest of us as a whole. Right. As a whole in Milwaukee, like the whole, the black right. community, we are a thriving middle-class community. When you when you take African-Americans who live in Milwaukee and Milwaukee County, there are a lot of successful and thriving individuals. We have struggles. That are, that are, that are removing the financial piece. That are, that are making it struggling, yeah. exceptional, but they're still making it. Yeah, but we, exact, exceptional yeah. individuals. But what I will say is with my experience and background of working in the education system, since I was 14 years old, I was working with kids that were younger with me at a school, and then I, I kept moving up and working in education, even through recruiting children. 
And my whole thing is that a lot of times people complain about the fact that in these schools, they're medicating kids, they're putting kids in these classes and they're labeling them as them being, you know, them having learning differences and learning disabilities and this and that. And we cry and complain that we say these kids are EBD, emotionally disturbed. We claim that these kids learning. We get mad when people label them that in schools. But then when they go out in the in the community and they cause damage and they kill people, certain again, small piece of it. Then we want to say, oh, well, they have this and they have that. As we were saying, you can't have it both ways. You can't say in the education system, no, you can't label this kid as that. But then when they get out and they commit a crime and do something heinous, we say, oh, well, they have that. Like, I understand that people have mental health, but you can't have it both ways. You can't. You can't pick and choose when you want these kids to have some type of mental health issues. And that's where my problem is when having a conversation with Ben, because Ben, if he listens People have been talking about these kids having these issues in the schools for years. Since I've been in school. But what I'm finding, and, and this is an observation, it's not, it's, it's not everybody. It's just the few people that I know that are around Ben's age that feel that, that believe that mental health is a major issue. And I'm saying, are you, are you using mental health as a reason Or is it actually mental health? Because then I think you diminish people who actually do have mental health issues. That's true. And education and your home and prisons and jails and going to jail. That's that's like three different things that have to be dealt with on three different levels. I get that. And we're going to get to you, Brian. Um, Talking text line says, what's with beating up on Dr. Ken? I've listened to the truth every day since you started over a year ago, usually Catch your replay in the morning on my way to work. Dr. Ken and Kyle are my favorite show on the station. Some of the other shows push narratives too much for me, but you guys always keep it real. Some people just can't handle the truth. Well, but we should respect it. And I, and I still respect what Ben was saying. I, I understand what I'm starting to notice that people that are in their late 30s and early 40s have that perception. And so I want to figure out a way to see it from that lens and see it from that way so I can figure out, is this actually true or has my exper- it, is my experience so vast that to me it doesn't really seem like a lot? Does that make sense? 833-212-1017. Dave said, my fault, brother. I was, I was so – I was talking to my son. Oh. <laughs> wow. So you made the mistake I made, Dave. You're talking to one person and then you get multiple emails and then you send something and don't look at the name thinking you're sending it to a person. Wow. Okay. I feel you. 833-212. Uh-oh. Your friend Ben called in to clarify. Okay. He cl- he said he don't need to be on air, but he called in to clarify. About what? It's just about his, he's listening to the conversation. Shout out to Ben for listening and engaging and all Absolutely. this. Absolutely. He, he said he doesn't need to go on air because I'm sure if he got on air, y'all go back and forth again. But he said the thing is he didn't really, he wasn't focusing on children, but he was talking more about grown adults. He agreed that a lot of our kids are suffering. A lot of people suffer from things when they're younger. Correct. That impact them and they grow into adults and they have these. And the problem, Correct. he said, is is we didn't address these issues with these kids until recently. So That's the, not true, though. No, but no, but the phenomenon of African-Americans talking about mental health, because mental health. But gro- that's a broader thing. But, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. He's, and, he's, he's right. And so, so he's right. So, I, I, so he said the thing he said was it's just now becoming more real and acknowledged by a generation. And, when I, and for me, 
growing up as a kid, right? I'm not far removed. Me and Zach. Zach is 23 years old. I'm 31 years old. Right. And though we're only eight years apart, they're drastically Drastic. different. Yes. Different. When I was yes. in when I was in school, there were things that we could say, do yep. that you can't say, do right. anymore. You can't you you can't even say them jokes anymore. No, you you cannot. There, right. There's TV shows where they put before like when Rush Hour comes on. I right. saw that they had something to say and that there's jokes that were at right. the time that. You know, weren't offensive. So I, I, I see I, the things are is more acceptable for African Americans to talk about being sad. The African Americans to talk about the things that they struggle with. Where when I was younger, you it didn't. was it, right. hey, get up and get going, right. keep powering through. So I, I, I see that perspective. But I've also known instances where families, including mine, went to therapy as as a kid. With my mother. You were ahead of the time. So, it, well, I don't think I was ahead of the time because I knew other people who did. We may not have talked about it, but we did it. And if you're talking, I can hear you because your microphone. Oh, no, I said no. There, there, you, there, there you go. Because one thing, one thing, I don't know nobody in my family that's gone to, to therapy. No, they went. They just ain't going to tell you. Okay, well, that They just ain't going to tell you. That and, and, that's, and that's where I agree with Ben that it wasn't really real. No, but people went to therapy. Did that, but people see, had that. We had black therapists. The first black therapist that moved to Milwaukee. You know, so it. I, I think it was Erskine Tucker. You know, so it, it's. You know what I mean? It's. It's just these kids now openly talk about and all those essays. How many times I read as a uh-huh. college admissions counselor? The amount right. of times I read about kids and their mental health, and I'm going to talk to a counselor and how open they are now with being okay with having some mental health issues. It's just. It's very different. But who are we talking to? That people like in that late 30s, early 40s don't recognize that we what like. This thing of, oh, no, we don't talk about that. Yeah, we do. You may not talk about it. You may not have heard it. Right? Did you talk to your kids? About, and and you, don't, you don't have to answer it, but did you have conversations with your kids about, because I understand very intelligent mm-hmm. kids. And so with that, I know that there was some rigor and there had to be times where they had to be like, they're frustrated. And did was it ever conversation like, hey, keep fighting through? Or did they ever get to a point where it's like, hey, like, you know, did you guys Both. have that? See, and, and see, I never, I, I myself, to the and point my where my daughter's going to be a therapist. Like, really? Ready? See, but that, see, that's a great thing that you did because I can't relate. Right. But most people that I know did that. Most people now. Now you got to question my parents. I love ben, well, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Just ben is one hundred percent correct in that people didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. People didn't share with people. Yeah, you know, I went to a therapist, or like, they're they're just open about it now. Whereas prior, and so if he's in his forties, he was raised by a boomer. They didn't talk about that, but they did it. They didn't talk about it, but they sure did it. That's why they said people live down south. Okay, Ray Ray acting up. He kind of we, we we need to send him down to Mississippi to you know kind of yeah. So so I mean it's there. I think we're both correct. That's just me. I think we're both correct. Um, the prison system piece. That's a byproduct of what crime occurred and what happened and the elements of the crime they have and evidence. And sometimes you get to plead insanity and sometimes you don't. If you're in the South, you ain't never pleading insanity because they're going to always try to find a reason to gash you or zap you or anyway. But I'm generalizing, so I can't generalize. So I have to stop that. I'm smacking, smacking myself. Stop doing that. Um, but Dave made me laugh. He do say, go home. I'm like, what? Where's that? He's like, uh, my fault. <laughs> You're listening to truth. Oh wow! I go to hit Brian. Brian, call back. I, I go to hit the button and he boop and he pops away. Brian, you need to call back. So after the break, Brian, you need to give me a call so we can chop it up. 
This is the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, sponsored by Concordia University, Wisconsin, on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. That's me playing the bass. And I mean like literally playing the bass because I can't like actually operate it. But I don't think my fingers can move that fast anymore. I mean they probably can. It just won't be music. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. Is this supposed to snow tonight? I hope not. I hope not. Y'all making me laugh on the talking text line. Yeah, funny. But no, um, I don't know if mental health was talked about in that way, but um, a friend of mine sent me a text and said something. Uh, All this talk about mental health, can we please start addressing poor parenting? But I don't think anyone wants to hear that. Can we go back to people not disciplining their children? And when I say discipline, for all you people who, who think you should never spank a child, that's included, but it's not necessarily necessary. I mean discipline as in taking things away from them, make them go to their room, giving them parameters, you know, stuff like that. Because many times kids act a fool because their parents let them act a fool. And I'm talking about only the parents that don't take care of their kids. Because I know many of them do. Many of the single parents that work hard, that are juggling, trying to take care of kids and work, no one there to help them, whether you're female or male. It wears everybody out. Everybody has their limits. Now, when I was growing up, my mother took us to, my mother took us to uh, therapy. You know, she was having some issues and we were, I mean, we had, we had some, uh, we had some issues because, you know, my father had died and my mother had been sick and we were on welfare and we didn't have an opportunity, you know, all those, but we still went to school. We still went to college. We still went to high school. We still graduated. And at one point we had to, we had to move in with my grandmother because we didn't have a place to stay. And I think that's what broke her. And, and I say broke as in, not in a negative sense, broke her and you know she was upset, but I mean broke her to go start seeking 
help. And so eventually we went and talked and it helped. And and then soon after that, she got a job and we moved out. My grandmother was upset because she didn't want us to move out. You know, like like most parents, you know, keep your kids in the house, keep them close. I'm like, yeah, but she's like in her 40s or 50s. You should let her move. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and we did. And she took care of us. And we went to high school and graduated from college. And it was, it was phenomenal. And until she passed away, she worked and she retired from a job. I mean, think about that. You're a homemaker your whole life. Your husband divorces you. You have to go on welfare. You have to work at just keeping your family together and keeping us out of trouble. And when I tell you my mother had an iron fist, she had an iron arm, but she kept us out of trouble. And we made it. And all of her children, my two older sisters and I, all graduated from college and led meaningful lives. And so it could be done. But the one thing she didn't do is let us use excuses. Because one thing she told us, I can't go to school. You have to. She said, I graduated from high school. I had the grades to go to college, but there was nobody to pay for us to go to college. And now that I think about it, none of my aunts and uncles went to college. Many of them went to the military. But they made some, every single one of them had a job, they worked, and they retired. And that's that work ethic I saw. That's that work ethic that I know that can happen in our community if we would just do it. I know it's going to be hard. There's always going to be mental. Listen, everybody has a mental health issue. Some are not as pronounced as others. Some people may take that as being a terrible thing to say. But I know what issues I have. You could either handle it, go talk to somebody. I think you should talk to somebody anyway and handle it. But at some point, the only person that makes those decisions and does those things is you. I just happen to have been open to it because my mother did it. So when I was in college and I was upset or needed to talk to somebody, you know, girlfriend, trouble and all that, I went to talk to a therapist on campus. Hey, y'all got therapists here? Y'all got counselors? Yep. Okay, let me go talk to one Maida. And went every week for probably a month or two. I don't remember it so long ago. So for people to say it's a negative or it's the first time or it's the, it's probably, now Ben is right, it's probably the first time that it's been public, that people talk about it publicly. But I'm of, I'll say it all the time, I'm of the opinion that if, Sometime in your life, you're going to need to go talk to somebody. At some time in your life, you're going to need to talk to a therapist to say, hey, do I need help? At least ask if you need help. Some things are just life. Some things, life just, you know, it goes up, it goes down. Sometimes life just doesn't treat you right. And you got you to gotta recalibrate. You got to reconnect. You have to change the way that you think. And so one of the things I was noticing in someone I was talking to today is my big thing with my Ph.D. in leadership is self-leadership. How do you govern yourself? How do you lead yourself? How do you award yourself? Award. How do you reward yourself? How do you correct yourself? How do you – how is your emotional intelligence, your social intelligence about you? 
because we spend an inordinate amount of time learning stuff about how we should treat other people, but we rarely talk about how we should treat ourselves. And the number one thing for me, and, and there are about nine steps that you have to do, and I, I teach a course in it at Concordia, but one of the things that I think is the most important thing that I think in Milwaukee, <clears throat> and I'm generalizing on this, I, I'm, I'm admitting it up front, self-talk is everything. How you see yourself, how you see the city, how you talk about it can be positive or it can be negative. And I find an ordinate amount of people in Milwaukee, from Milwaukee, talk about Milwaukee negatively. And I don't understand that. This is a phenomenal city. But then someone told me today in a conversation, Milwaukee is not a formal city. And I said, well, what do you mean? You know, it's not. And, and those are my words when I say formal city. They said that Milwaukee, if you have to equate Milwaukee to a sport, you could equate it to baseball. Milwaukee is spring training. Anything you need to learn, anything you want to learn, anything you want to do, you learn it here. And then you leave and go take it somewhere else. You know, and I thought about that and I said, while that's true, that's a heck of a mentality to have. Self-talk is everything. How you talk yourself into doing or not doing. Now, there are other things that influence that, right? Chemical imbalances in your brain, heartache, sadness, happiness, drugs, drinking, right? That self-talk is everything. What you tell yourself is important. What you tell yourself to do. How you talk to yourself before you do something. It's everything. And we have to be careful and we have to be cognizant of that. How we talk to ourselves. If we look at everything in the negative, if we look for an excuse for everything. Notice I didn't say a reason, an excuse that it's not going to happen. Talking text line says, nice jam for the, con- for the transition. Brothers Johnson, that's what I'm talking about. Kyle didn't even heard of him since before I played. Had you heard of the Brothers Johnson before I played it? I don't think you did. Did you? Yeah, you know. He don't remember because he was probably a baby. Was he even born when it was out? With you, Dr. Ken, everyone has some kind of issue or another. I agree. Stop. <laughs> Wait a minute. But why would you say that? I included myself. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, sponsored by Concordia University, Wisconsin, on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. My uh, music spotlight, Brothers Johnson. I think every day, if if Kyle lets me, I'm going to play my music with a different artist each day. 
I think that'll be. I think that'll be cool. You think? So we already did Prince. We did James Brown. Brothers Johnson. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven. You know, if y'all, you know, Kyle hoping y'all call because that way he won't get beat up on Trust But Verify. But, you know, that's what he's hoping. <laughs> that's what he's hoping. So we shall see. Uh, let me see what I type. And then we'll see. I don't know. It depends on the kind of questions I can find. If I can find some good questions. So is Mr. Lee calling to beat me up and holler at me too? <laughs> 8 3 3 2 1 2 Mr. Lee gonna call. You on the air, Mr. Lee, by the way, just so you know, because I gotta tell you, because otherwise I get in oh, trouble. Appreciate it, appreciate it. <laughs> What's going on, man? Know. What's up? <laughs> um, well, yeah, uh, uh my uh, black card is still suspended, but uh, I will <laughs> is be watching suspended. that movie okay. this week this weekend. <laughs> it's the brain James Brown thing. Okay. But um you you're right. What you think of yourself can take you a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk to you as a, a Christian brother. So in God, you know, God looks at us in a way where we 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 don't see what we don't see in ourselves. God sees the best in us. Yep. And it, I believe for us is until we see that best and work with that best that we can we can get past the issues that we tend to hold on to. That is correct. You know, when I say hold on to, there's a problem, and it might be immediate, and it could be something, but we tend to hold on to these things, and they slow us down because we're yet holding on to them, whether it's over a lifetime or whether it was just recent. And I'm a true believer that what, I'll just say this. I'll, I'll just talk about me. So in my experiences, and one of my children noticed this when they were younger and coming up and was able to witness some things carrying on with others mm-hmm. that what I would do, I would just take a big breath. Meaning, and, and it, my, my oldest son, he, he said, Dad, I remember when there were some conflicts with you and someone else. Instead of you getting into a uh, uh, debacle, or he used another word, I forget, but in, uh, uh, it going farther, he said he would witness me, and I didn't know this. He said I would just take a big breath, and, and he said it would be like nothing happened. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of times, anytime I was going through issues that would have gotten complicated if I proceeded forward, what I was telling myself was, that person is not the problem. There's a bigger issue, and I can get past that person. I don't. I don't right. have to react right. to the conflict. Right. I don't have to react if they're trying to get me to react. I don't have to, and it doesn't make me any less or greater than a man. I didn't think, well, I'm the best man or the bigger man. I just was like, okay, I don't. I don't have to go there. You know, and and I would be the first to apologize. You know, I wouldn't say I was right or wrong, but I would be the first to apologize to let go and not take it somewhere else. And there's a lot of things I think that as we as and, and back to me that helped me a long way mm-hmm. is because I looked at myself as being a part of something greater. And the things that I learned over the years, whether it's from my grandparents, aunties, uncles, and even the, the words of you guys, people like you guys, having talks with my elders like you guys, 
have kept me a long, have brought me a long way. So for a lot of us, a lot of children don't know that they're, they're greater than what they even know. And we have to let them know we see greater in them, you know? Oh yeah. So uh, that's just, 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 I, I'm, I'm just really chiming in because I'm actually, uh, I just listened to you at about 515 or 520 or so, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to chime in and thank you and keep up the good work. And yeah, we should question ourselves and what is it in our lives that we could just let go. You know, that we don't have to hold on to. I think we can get farther that way. I appreciate right, that, Mr. You. Lee. Take care. God bless. And so for me, um, I used to always be upset that I didn't have a father. And that used to drag me. Like, man, I was like, you know, I, you would go you would go on other people. I even had a friend, right, who, and I think I told this story before, we didn't have money at all, right? We were poor. And so... We had to like every time the Boy Scouts would go on what they called a bike hike. You, you know, you know what a bike hike is, where everybody gets a bike and goes riding somewhere. They would always loan me a bike, and it was three brothers, and the and one of the brothers would always, always talk about how I was poor and I couldn't afford my own bike, and you know, just on and on and on and on and on and on and on. You know, I just think to myself some days. I say, you know, it's it. I, I find it amazing that those were the things that drove me to make sure, now this might sound strange, to make sure my children never live like that. Now, I'm not one to say, oh, your children are spoiled. and they did. Yeah, they probably are. I was spoiled at some point too. But there's some things I don't want my children to go through. And in order to do that, you have to be a strong, responsible, attentive parent. And I did the best that I could. Some of these kids are acting a fool and tearing stuff up. All you got to do is go back to the parent. Even if it is mental health, are they getting help? Now, is it the parent's fault 100%? No. Some of it is on the individual. But it's too convoluted to figure out. So we need to make sure we take each case by itself. And that was my issue with the whole blanket statements. 833-212-1017. John from Milwaukee, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hey, Dr. Ken, haven't called you in a while. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I was calling in on the mental health piece. Uh-huh. I think it's extreme. I think it's extremely important. Uh, the three largest mental health facilities in the United States are Rikers Island, L.A. County Jail, and Cook County Jail. That, that's absurd. So that's what we do with our, our, our dollars for mental health in the United States instead of implementing it at the school level. I don't, and, I don't, and in some suburban – well, go ahead. I'm sorry. John, I don't know if you could say that because those are jails. And so while they, they may the have, large, but they hold the largest facilities for sure mental health sure. in our country. But there are other cities and other mental health facilities and other ways people get mental health without going to prison. Now, I think those places was, you just mentioned do a significantly horrible job at treating the mentally ill. 
this wasn't even a knock on the police. I'm saying the way our government is run. I was going Absolutely. somewhere, Doctor Kim, but Absolutely. you know, but you know, I'm a, you know the doctor. This your show. I was like, well, you got to speak. I got to give it to you. But but no, what Go I'm ahead. saying Go is, ahead. hold on, hear me out. Hear me out. Yep. So they locked up all of these people for these non-minor drug offenses, and then uh, a lot of them were actually addicted to drugs that were brought here, and, and we know that story. We have to look at the. It's, you said at first, right before I called, you said it was uh, the. It's a convoluted problem, and it's hard to deal with. And you're right. We have to deal with intersectionality. Uh, Angela Davis talks a lot about that, where we deal with race and capitalism, the prison industrial complex, and the onslaught of globalism through uh, technology and its impact on people, particularly poor people, and fight it on several different fronts. And I think, uh, and it was also key to your conversation yesterday about Atlanta. What Atlanta has that we don't is a black educational system with those schools that have been around for 150 years, Uh a black middle class, a black middle class that has existed for over 100 years and progressive political leadership. When Maynard Jackson became mayor of Atlanta, he said specifically, I'm hiring black contractors to build this airport. So what do you mean by progressive leaders? what do you mean People by People that are leaders? unapologetically black and okay. unapologetically for poor and disenfranchised people. That shouldn't be a secret. They make a big deal like you shouldn't. Like, it's, they scared to care about poor people. Ain't no middle class. I hate when people say that. That is a joke. If you if, if Oprah had your money or mine, she would kill herself. And if Bill Stop. Gates had Oprah money, it would be a problem. Stop. Yes. And you, <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. okay. You poor, you rich. And, and so until we deal with the poor people's movement, which Dr. King was doing he was a radical he was not very uh passive uh he was talking about poor people uniting universal basic income the same stuff bernie sanders talking about where you think he get it from he stole it like white people do everything else so the point i'm making is we need a comprehensive system that addresses mental health needs our economic uh uh, leadership, uh, uh, some political will, and, and 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 never take out that spiritual piece. It's not the religious because we got a church on every corner. We need something spiritual inside of us, like a black love movement, to inspire us to continue to do well John. and inspire our children, so our, our 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 space can be safe and profitable. I'm not gonna let you diss churches, though. Come on, man. You know, I'm not going to let I you didn't do this church. Yes, you did. It's one on every corner, and you I just, go to church. Ah, stop They're throwing that out there. Job. It's one on every corner. Stop doing that and stop generalizing about churches. I'm not going to let you do that. All right. Well, we're, I take that from you, Doctor Ken. You, the doctor, I love to disagree with you. I go but, to church, but I don't. But My I don't think we're disagreeing. But I don't. I, I, I don't okay. think we're disagreeing. I think that we're doing what we're showing people what the black community is is that we can have difference of opinion about the same thing but still want the same thing and i think that's what Mm -hmm, people miss mm -hmm. i think that's what if that's the way you need to go at it with spiritual and not religious god bless you that's your way but as long as we get into the same thing i think part of the issue was that we've taken the caring for the poor so far that we've created an underclass that they can't dig themselves out of that's a human condition if you if you give me something enough where I don't have to work, I'm going to become used to it and I'm going to be lazy and complacent. That's a human condition. That's not a race condition. But they've tagged us with that. And they always think the majority of people that are poor in America are not black. They're white. 
They're more right. But when I, when I talk about universal basic income and but the that's limited. Safety nets, but that's only I'm, limited to a point. You got to get off that to a point. You do. Hold on. Hear me out on this. Okay. So if they did, if they did here, have universal basic income. I've studied this. So give everybody a wage that the people that don't work something like welfare for real. But you don't stop there. So no, 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 no. Why would you give it to somebody better. that's not working unless they're looking for a job and trying to find one or in school to get training to get a job? But you don't just give people like. You need to get you need to make people meaningful in their life. So even if I am giving you universal uh, income, you should be volunteering your time working at a shelter. You should be volunteering your time at some kid's school. Dr. Ken, I wasn't done. Like last time, I wasn't done. You give them the universal basic income, but then you also provide the services that they need to become the productive citizen you talking about. But now be paying twice. You can get them off of that. But now be paying twice. That's okay. We already we got free all education. Money on the military. Come on, come we, on, we stop doing that. Those are two different. Military. Those are two different things. We'll argue that one tomorrow. You don't think it all intersects? Ca- call me Monday. It don't intersect. I didn't I'll say call that. Call you Monday, but thanks I, for having I me. I didn't Dr. say King. that, John. I didn't say it didn't intersect, but I, I like arguing with you. I love it. I do too. You know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I hit you up, man. I'm listening though. All right, brother. Talk to you. All right, love you. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, sponsored by Concordia University, Wisconsin, is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Just trying to slow the day down. You know, just... It's a wusa. Take it easy. Relax. Because tomorrow, we's about to get crunk. Truth one-year anniversary. So I'll be doing my show live from no studios tomorrow. From 4 to 5.30. And then... About 5.45, we're going to be talking to the blessed fans who have been able to come and show up and bring their one plus, or is it plus one? One plus, plus one. Yeah. And they'll be showing up and coming. And we'll be having a great time, and uh, we're going to have a blast. I cannot wait. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. I know that's a lie. I won't be asleep by 7 o'clock. <laughs> 833-212-1017 is the number. This is a cut by Brothers Johnson titled Tomorrow. Talking text line says, Mass incarceration of black Men is a common thread on the truth shows. I'm asking an honest question. Are there a lot of black males in jail 
who don't deserve to be there. Um, my answer is strange. Jail? Probably yes. Prison? Probably no. Are there some people? Well, are there a lot? I don't know how many. I don't know if I can put a, um, I can't put a number because I don't have a grasp on that data. The Innocence Project out of Northwestern University does a phenomenal job at looking at those things. Um, some people get out on technicalities, which is a violation of your civil rights, and then other people get out because um, the police or the prosecution or whoever just out and out lies and makes stuff up. One thing I wanted to correct on the other call was that people are in jail or prison because prosecutors and district attorneys put them there. Entry to the law enforcement um, Entry to the criminal justice system is via law enforcement. Day, date, and time, somebody came in and said, Kyle hit Ken in the head, and there's no witnesses, and Ken said, Kyle hit me in the head, so then they went and arrested Kyle. Once that happens, the police are done. It's up to the district attorney, the prosecutors, to actually determine whether or not there's evidence and all that other stuff, right? We work with probable cause. It looks like there's enough evidence to say to say that you did it. It still has to go before a district attorney an assistant district attorney. And subsequently, if they charge you a judge, that's not the police. Police are the door, everything inside. Prosecution and district attorney's office. And so because we're first, we blame police for incarceration. We blame police for everything when, in fact, there's enough blame to go around is what I'm saying. Like at every level in the criminal justice system, there are great things that have happened and there are significant failures that have occurred. And until we start looking at it from a case by case basis, which is what the Innocence Project does, um, I think we'll start to understand these are the reasons. But we also have to look at mental health. We also have to look at bad parenting. We have to look at what we let our kids do. We look at how we complain about what's happening and then the repercussions of allowing that to happen. So what's that scripture? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. At some point, we're going to we're going to like everybody. You know, you can act the fool and do stuff, but eventually it's going to come back and smack you. And when it does, it might smack you sevenfold, tenfold, 200 fold. I don't know. But all I'm saying is we have to be careful at how far we're going to let this city stay in disarray. Um, I think there's some black males in jail and in prison that don't deserve to be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's some crimes that we have to start taking a look at to decriminalize. But we don't need to decriminalize it just because black men are in jail. We need to decriminalize it because everybody's in jail and, and we've softened those crimes. But if the majority of people that have gone to jail for that crime are black, we need to reevaluate that. We need to look at that. Talker Text Line also says, Dr. Ken Harris, thanks for the debates. You're welcome, Mr. Lee. It gives a broader understanding versus a narrow one. Reach one, teach one. As you do me. And I appreciate that. Most certainly. So we'll see you tomorrow, 4 o'clock sharp. No studios. I'll be broadcasting live. Having a blast. Tory Love Show's coming up at 6 o'clock. 
MK in the morning, live again at 7 o'clock. And you better be here. I don't know what that means, Kyle. Okay. But I, that's what I thought you meant, but I, I don't really, I don't know. Because evidently, Kyle thinks I can read lips, and I really can't. And I, <laughs> that's terrible. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We're live from the American Family Insurance Studio at Radio City. Thank you, Mr. Wallace. He will see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock at no studios. We'll all be there. The whole, Say what? I said you'll be broadcasting live. Broadcast they can stream it if they didn't win tickets. I'm excited. That's right. So we're going to be streaming on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. So make sure you follow the truth. Check it out. We'll be there. God bless. See you tomorrow. Be well. Times of transition.